Hey guys, it's Beth. Welcome to episode number 30. How are you? Welcome to the Remorseless Podcast. Here we are again. And in this episode, I am excited because I'm doing a little bit of a debrief with you guys. Last week, I attended the NRB conference just outside of Dallas in Grapevine, Texas, where it was about a million degrees. And at the conference, I learned so many things. One, conferences are conferences, no matter if it's a software conference or a Jesus conference. People are the same, no matter if it's a software conference or a Jesus conference. And you know, what's so interesting is the way that everybody shows up, whether they are an attendee, whether they are a presenter, a keynote speaker, whether it's their 20th time here or their first time, like me, uh, attending the conference. And so I just kind of go through some of those things with you on this episode and really why it struck a chord with me insofar as the importance of being exactly who God made you to be. Walking around, rolling around like you're some imposter version of yourself or you're more important, self-important. It just, you know what, it's, it's annoying and it's not really going to do anybody any favors in the long run. So the other thing I want to share with you on this episode, which you guys will hear if you listen all the way to the end, is who the most influential person I met at the conference was. My husband asked me that question. I did think about it. No, it wasn't Dennis Quaid, although I did meet Dennis Quaid. And for those of you who are also 80s uh, fans, I really, in the audience, want to kind of heckle him and start shouting out like Cousin Eddie lines from Christmas Vacation or perhaps the original Vacation. Um, You know, I'm sure that the Quaid's often did that sitting around their own Thanksgiving and Christmas table. So I didn't do it. I was on my best behavior. But no, the answer is it was not Dennis Quaid, the most influential person that I met at the conference. So tune in, listen to this, you guys. I'm always, always glad you're here with me showing up to be remorseless on your journeys, which means without guilt in spite of wrongdoing. You guys going through life, carrying heavy guilt, no way to live. Be free, be you. All right, let's roll. Episode number 30. Welcome to another episode of Remorselessly Biblical. I am really glad you're here. I just got back in town, actually, a day ago. I was in Dallas for a week. And let me just tell you one thing about Dallas. It is 105 degrees in Dallas. For those of you that live in extreme heat, that means nothing to you. For those of us that live in Michigan, it means an awful lot. Uh, For those of us that are actually runners outside who need fresh air and movement to go on about their days, it's almost even worse. I got up super early, you guys. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go run before the sun comes up. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It's a, 105 is a million degrees. It might as well have been a million degrees. So not complaining because I loved it as well. Like the sun was shining brightly and people were happy and it was a good time. Why was I there? You may ask. A lot of you guys may know this because some of you were actually there. I was at the NRB conference, the National, this is my point, Religious Broadcasters Meeting Conference thing, NRB. Okay, this is what I'm always here showing up and sharing with you guys. Being uncomfortable, being out of your comfort zones, doing things that you've never done before, and showing up. Those things all matter. Okay, I did that. I was super uncomfortable. As I mentioned, it was hot. But I was also uncomfortable because I'd never been to the NRB conference before. 
I've never really been in this world before. I've been here for about a year and a half. I was in corporate sales. You guys know this story for a really long time. I was in the business. I was in the for-profit world. Now I'm in the nonprofit world. I am in this world. I am on air, on the radio, in your homes. I, I'm just kind of doing the thing that God has called me to do. And it is really uncomfortable, but also really exciting. So the National Religious Broadcast, I might still be messing that up. Uh, I saw you guys. I saw some of you, Life Network for Women content creators there, which was crazy to me because it never even dawned on me that I would make that happen, have that happen in my life. Like just go, hey, I am making this thing happen where um, I am attending a conference I've never been to and I'm going to meet people that I've never met. That, that much was obvious to me and kind of dawned on me because, you know, when you go to a place, you're going to meet people, new people. I love that. Part of what I share with you guys here, especially when I have guests on the show, is one of my very first questions of them is, hey, tell our listeners and viewers how you and I met, okay? Because this is the way that God works, you guys. He shows up in our lives through people at just the right time for just the right reason. So as I'm walking the conference halls at a giant hotel, the Gaylord Hotel in Grapevine, just outside of Dallas, I'm seeing people's faces. I'm like, hey, I think that was coffee with Kim. It was. I didn't say hi because she had a lot going on, and she was, but I saw her. She was there. Um, I definitely hung out with Dr. Trudy. Super cool. I, I just saw people that I knew. I met somebody named Priscilla who knows Rachel Griffith. So I'm like, this world is small, but it's God's world, right? We are all in it for just the right reason, for just the right season, for just the right time and for sure for his purpose. We just have to believe that. So my husband asked me when I got back, who was the most influential person that you talked to? I thought that was a very good question on his part. And it took me a second. And before I answer that for you guys, I, I wanna share something with you. It was about day two and I was a little bit tired because I am an extrovert, but I'm also an introverted extrovert. I don't know if any of you guys feel the same way where you're like, I love people. I need conversation. I have to learn about people and be around people and hang out and just always be around the vibe of people. But then you're like, I'm out. I need a minute. I have to recharge. So, you know, I was up early because I'm on the Eastern time zone, body-wise. This uh, conference was in Dallas, as I mentioned, so central. So I've already sort of like gained an hour. So I was just a little bit off, but I was up very early the first day I was there, 3.30 in the morning, went to the workout room because as I also mentioned, it was super hot outside. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna ease into this heat thing. I'll run inside today. Plus 3.30 in the morning in a strange city in a very large state, probably not a good idea by myself. So I eased into that. And when I was there, I noticed a lot of things on day two. I started to say to myself, what am I seeing here at a very large Christian conference? And you guys wanna know the answer? A very large number of people um, of all different walks of life from all different faith backgrounds. There were Jewish folks there, there were Southern Baptist folks there, there were all the denominational folks there, people, right? Young, old. I saw a really sweet older couple and it was very clear they were married, they were holding hands, they were probably in their early 80s and they were on a bench inside of the Gaylord Hotel and there was like some waterfalls and so forth happening by. It's very peaceful. So I walked by, uh, I was gross, I was sweaty from running, but they were holding hands on the bench and here's the funny, funnier part, I guess. They're both doing this. They're both looking at their phones. And I'm like, I'm trying to imagine, right? Like my 
parents or grandparents who aren't with us anymore, but just on their phones next to each other. So I watched them for a minute, and I thought to myself, I wonder what their faith tradition has been. I wonder who they were as children. I wonder who they were last week. I wonder who they've been in their marriage. I wonder who they've been as friends. I wonder who they have been in the body of Christ. And I just started to ask myself those questions of every person that I saw. And again, you guys, there were so many different walks of life there. And what I mean by that is that people were there in different capacities. Some were exhibitors, some had booths, some were attendees like me who were there for work and just trying to kind of figure out best practices for certain things in the world of communication. Now, I was there for work um, from my uh, my day job. I think you guys know I work at a homeless shelter here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we do an awful lot of Christian media communicating, as you can imagine. But the crossover is another, another reason I think I know that I'm in the right place at the right time, moving towards whatever God is bringing me through and for to, to carry out. So I'm there and I'm watching people as exhibitors, as attendees, as um, supporters. There were people there who weren't conference attendees, but were there in support of their person who was attending the conference. I met a really nice woman. Her name was Beth Easy um, as well, so it was easy to remember. And I said, hi, Beth, I'm also Beth. And what you doing here? Where are you from? You know, just give me your story. And she said, I haven't attended the conference, but I'm here because my husband is attending and he is um, an exhibitor. I'm like, that's, that's cool. That's great that you're here. She's like, I'm meeting a lot of really nice people. And I thought that was good, right? As Christian people, we're kind of supposed to be nice. Now, I also saw a lot of folks there that were not being so nice. What do I mean by that? They were not very welcoming. And this is not to pass judgment. This is to say real time when we have a lot of people in our space, a lot of people in our world, we have a choice, right? To be the light of the world, meaning we are there to spread the love of Jesus, to spread the gospel message, to show radical hospitality, to say, how can I help you? Are you lost? How? I mean, this is a giant hotel. What can I do for you, right? So that's one way to approach it. And then I saw some different ways, which were... I'm walking so fast right now, get out of my way, I have something to do. Or um, there was another uh, a man who was there and he w- kind of just walked through people without seeing people. Um, and I, sometimes I'm a rebel rouser, and I said, hey, hi, I'm Beth, how are you? <laughs> and, and he just looked at me like, why are you in my way? So... You know, that's not to say maybe he had a very important meeting. I don't know. But the way that he was carrying himself was very much, um, I'm here for me. I'm not going to notice anything around me. I have a one-track sort of, this is my situation. And if anybody gets in my way, I'm just going to kind of walk through them, over them, around them to do whatever it is that I have in mind. So, you guys, for me, um, being a Christian is to be selfless. I don't get that right. I mean, I don't know that any of us get it right every single day, all day long. But I do know that the older I get and the longer my journey continues, the more it does something inside of me, the more it sort of just riles me up. When I see somebody who is hurting, who is suffering, who is lost, needs directions in a hotel, whatever the situation is, it really stirs something in me when people walk by someone in need of help in need of any capacity, they walk by and don't even bother to say, 
what can I do? What can I do? Because to me, it, be, it feels very dismissive. It feels very much like the person who walks by feels more entitled, more self-important than the person who is standing on the side of the road, like a Samaritan, as an example, right? So that's why I thought it was such an interesting question when my husband said, who is the most influential person that you heard speak at the conference, that you spoke to or that you heard speak? And there were an awful lot of really good speakers, you guys. So I had to think about the question after watching all the people, having those thoughts and feelings and emotions like I just shared with you. And I said, I know who it was. And he said, who? And I said, there was a man sitting next to me who's from Chicago. He worked for an equipment company. He was there with uh, his work folks. And as he was sitting next to me, we were waiting for one of the keynote speakers to present in one of the very large um, auditoriums, one of the bigger rooms there. And I said, hi, what's your name? So we struck up a conversation and he told me his name. And he shared with me that his dad was really sick. And his dad and his mother, who are both still with us, had been married 60 plus years. But his dad was suffering and they were really trying to figure out how to help him with Medicaid and help him He's, he's in a home right now, but he, they were trying to figure out a way that he could be around family because right now he's isolated. And this person I was speaking to said, I have to be here because I need to take care of my family and I am earning money and I am raising two daughters and it just went on, right? He just went on and was really pouring out about his situation. And the more I heard him talk, the more I thought this is what life is about. This is the definition of Christianity. To share with one another, to be in community with one another, to get through hard times with people in your life that you just met, that you feel comfortable and safe with because somebody is really seeing you and saying, what can I do? How can I pray for you? Wow, I am so sorry to hear that information, right? As total stranger, as well as people that you've known your entire life. So this is not to say that we are not going to meet people right every single day that we have no backstory on. You guys know that that happens all the time, but what I'm getting at is it's a choice. It is an absolute choice to say, do I see you, stranger, in this moment? Do I hear you? Do I ache with you? Do I share your pain? Do I share in the greater love that Jesus demonstrated? That's what being a Christian means to me is to say, I have no idea who you are, really. Like, I just met you, but what you're sharing with me breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because I know that these are people that you speak about that you love, just like you guys. Jesus demonstrated. Clearly, he knows each of us. He's God, right? But what he was demonstrating to his disciples and everybody in Judea and Samaria and everywhere that he went, Capernaum, he was on his feet walking through crowds of people that he didn't, he didn't know. They hadn't, they didn't know him. Let me say it differently. People for the first time who were seeing Jesus, he walked through areas that he shouldn't have been walking through, right? Not back in the day. But he did that so people would see what it means to see somebody else. And that is what I am sharing with you, is that if you are in a place right now where you don't even see yourself, 
where you don't even know who you are because you refuse to see the creation that God made you to be. How are you going to be able to show up and see other people? You have to see yourself first as loved and valued and worthy of his love and value and worthiness. The fact that Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross to be with us, to be with us in eternity. You guys, you've got to see yourself as worthy enough to receive that gift, the gift of salvation. And so many of us don't. That's really what breaks my heart. So I share all of that with you to get to the reminder of what I care the most about. Um, I guess giving back, right? The, the lessons that I have learned. And for me, the biggest struggle was with identity and worth and not succumbing to labels and expectations and assumptions of other people, of societal constructs, of religious constructs, of conference constructs, wherever it was in the world that I was out and about in. I, I think because I have a very strong connection and ability to feel what other people might be sensing, I would always um, try and chameleon myself, I guess is the best way to say it, into being whatever that person expected me to be. And wow, 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 did I do myself a disservice for many years when I did that because I was not being true to myself. And a lot of people that I meet are in the same boat and they say, well, I feel sad, I feel depressed, I feel angry, I feel anxious, I feel all the things. And I truly believe you guys, hear me when I say this, I truly believe that comes from walking away from your true, authentic self, from who God created you to be. I, I wrote a book, right? I wrote a book on this exact topic. And one of the things I want to read to you from, as an excerpt, uh, an excerpt from the book, Remorseless, and then I want to dive into scripture. This is what it says right here. Some of us scroll, I'm talking about social media, until we see a post that hits a yearning in our hearts. Some take time to like or love or comment on a position that we agree on, while some of us are stopped when we come across an image of someone that we believe is living counterintuitively to our ideals. When we see these disparities, we feel better about ourselves. We see somebody like I was sharing with you guys at a conference that is walking in a way that I wouldn't walk or is treating people in a way that I wouldn't treat people. And it basically um, helped me feel better about myself to say I'm a better Christian. Okay, that's terrible to do, so I wanna go on. This is calamitous, this is what I say. The baseline belief, the baseline belief system that we are trying to establish isn't reality or it's not healthy. Why do I point this out? First, we have already established that labels are destructive. If we listen to and adhere to a label long enough, they can turn us into people that we are not. Secondly, I want to make a specific connection. Our assumptions have beginnings. Okay, so have you guys ever listened to a label about yourself for so long that you started to believe it was true? Maybe somebody called you fat, ugly, stupid, annoying, or maybe the inverse. Maybe said you were so smart, you were so beautiful, you were so, whatever words they use, labels they use to describe you. If said long enough, if in your head that started to become ingrained, did you start to live like that as opposed to the person that God created you to be. Maybe those labels were right, maybe they were accurate, but oftentimes I have found that's not the case. Oftentimes I feel like people label us a certain way, again, to make themselves feel better. That's what they're doing. They're trying to say, this person is a Southern Baptist. 
this person is Jewish. This person is uh, not from around here. This person is not a Texan. <laughs> Her hair is, you know, clearly not as, as, as big as the, what, the hair that we're wearing right now. And it's, it's so funny to me that none of that matters. But yet it's, it's an indicator of where somebody comes from, their history, what people expect of them. Okay, what people expect of them. So if you guys ever listen to something long enough, a stereotype, a, a way that you show up long enough that you started to believe it, that's the question. If that is the case, let me reassure you, you've got to go back to scripture so that you know who you are. Okay, that's exactly the remedy for living in an inauthentic way. If you were like, I am all over the place, I'm confused about who I am because some days I'm like this, some days I'm like that, some days I try and uh, prove this person wrong the way that they label me or what they expect of me, some days I try and prove this person right the label that they give me or the expectation that they have about me, right? It, it's exhausting. It is exhausting to do that. And so we confuse ourselves. So you've got to go back to scripture and I'm going to read a few of these to you and then I'm going to camp in one for a second. Psalm 139.13, one of my favorites. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139.13. For you, God, created me. You created my inmost being. Okay, if God creates our inmost being, he knows us. Second one, Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How comforting is that? When we don't know where we're going, when we don't know who we are, when we don't know what's up, God does. Always has, always will. He's got it, okay? Psalm 139.16. Psalm 139.1. Back up a few verses. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You guys, sometimes in this life, we get so frustrated because people don't see us for who we are. And we try and just basically rage against that machine. We try and just do all the things so people will see us for who we really are. And yet, we're not doing a great job sometimes of helping them see that because when we show up as an imposter version of ourselves, right, they're going to get confused. They're going to be like, you were this way last week and, and now you're this way. I, who are you? Who are you? You guys, consistency is key. Be who you are all the time and don't waver from that. If somebody doesn't like you for who you really are, that's on them. That is not on you. Do not be anything other than the person that God created you to be. God, you've searched me and you know me. So you guys, you are known, you are seen, you are valued, you are heard, and you matter. Psalm 139.2. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Okay, so if you're going to show up and, and try and live inauthentically and convince people that you're a certain way or you're thinking a certain thing, anybody ever ask you, hey, what are you thinking? And then you say something you're not fully thinking or maybe not thinking at all. God, not, he already knows, right? He already knows what you're thinking. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Psalm 139.3. By the way, King David. Okay, let's talk about him for a second. King David wrote the Psalms for those of you, most of them, for those of you guys that don't know. But David had um, a heart for God, a man after God's own heart. David was also a great sinner because guess what? David was human. King David was human. And he sinned. And God couldn't use him for specific things. We can talk about that a different day. But he still forgave him. 
And David still prayed to him and said, God, you still know me. You know that my heart loves you, even though, man, did I mess up over here. One, I wasn't being the person you created me to be. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. That is from Psalm 139, 14. So we hung out in the Psalms for a second, talking about how much God knows us. Okay, We are seen, we are known, we are valued, we're heard, and we matter. Okay. Let's go to Jeremiah. That's where I want to end. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Don't say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Okay. Ah, God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. You guys, this is the reason on the cover of this book, I have a depicted youth on a swing flying high. Because remorseless means without guilt, in spite of wrongdoing. Okay? What's the opposite of guilt? Freedom. It's freedom to be who you are, to be exactly who God made you to be. We lose the ways of our youth as life happens to us. And that grieves me because I think, man, when I was a kid, I didn't go outside and play and feel guilty for going outside and playing, right? But boy, do I feel guilty now if I think the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, show up and do different things, show up and don't fit in. I feel kind of guilty. I feel like I don't belong there. So feeling freedom in my true self. It says right here, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Let's think about it this way. I don't know what I'm supposed to say here at the NRB conference because I'm kind of a rookie. <laughs> so no matter where you are and you feel uncomfortable, show up and be who you are because that is enough. That is always enough. I hope this gives you a sense of encouragement, a sense of peace, a sense that you matter because you do. So if you have been living in a way that you feel a little bit just off kilter, you feel like I am not fully myself. You guys, there's no better time than to start than right now, right now. Just kind of stop being those things because you're never going to please everybody all the time, but you can please God. You already do. You already do. He, he knew you before you were formed. So let this be just again, encouragement to be exactly who God made you to be because it is enough. So you guys, thank you as always for joining me. If you want to read more about the whole journey of Remorseless and continuing to deconstruct all the things that you've picked up along the course of your own journeys, you can do that. It's on my website, bethfisher.com. I'm happy to send you a book. Just let, just let me know how I can help, right? I care so much about each of you being remorseless on your journeys, which means without guilt, no matter what you've done wrong, you've been forgiven without guilt so you can be free, free to be yourself. Just please do that. And you guys continue to show up in your own lives and to show people, to show people with consistency who you truly are, that you truly are somebody that God values and that somebody that he knew before you were formed. We each are. And if somebody comes at you and you're like, 
Okay, I'm not really sure what this person is getting at. Remember that they too were formed in the image of God and God knew them before they were formed too, right? It really helps us to be in relationship with people. So I just continue to encourage you. I thank you as always for being here on another episode of Remorselessly Biblical next week. Actually in two weeks because we're still on the summer schedule. In two weeks, uh, I can't wait for you guys to meet somebody that I recently interviewed. She's a three-time Grammy nominee. Just an amazing woman who... Um, sang so many beautiful Christian songs in the course of her own journey, and then just really shares with us very transparently, very honestly, um, some of the wrong choices that she made when she was exhausted, when she was just kind of at her wits end, like, I can't keep going like this. It's not who I truly am. Can't wait for you guys to see that in two weeks. And again, thank you for being here. And until next time, peace. Thanks for tuning in this week, you guys. As a reminder, this podcast is meant to share all sorts of things with you under the heading of what being remorseless looks like, what it means, and why it matters. The word remorseless means without guilt in spite of wrongdoing. Can't tell you how many people I have met in the course of my life, uh, this person, my own self, my own person in particular, who has struggled with getting so stuck and making bad decisions based on something we felt completely guilty over that we did, you know, maybe like 15, 20 years ago. So we have to figure out a way to forgive ourselves, to move on, to stop carrying around guilt. And that is exactly what this podcast is meant to do against the backdrop of, yeah, scripture, because God has forgiven us. And it just takes us like actually believing that, that we are valued, that we have mattering and worth, and that honestly, like what we did when we were 15 no longer matter. So in order to show up and be the people that God created us to be, we've got to forgive ourselves and be remorseless for the rest of our lives. So thank you guys for joining me. Go to my website, bethfisher.com. If you guys find value in this uh, podcast, please rate it, subscribe. And on my website, you'll see all the past. You can actually watch my face as I record these things, but you'll see past episodes. You'll see the Remorseless book, the Remorseless workbook, which helps you through what we just talked about. And um, yeah, just some other exciting things. So as always, thanks for being here and I will see you guys and talk to you in two weeks.